Canadian Bible Time podcast. For those that may be listening for the first time, our podcast is an offshoot from our main platform, YouTube. Our channel is called Coffee and Bible Time, where our goal is to help people delight in God's Word. We also have a website and storefront with Bible studies, prayer journals, and more. I'm Mentor Mama, and today we are going to be talking about something that is so applicable right now as we are in the midst of the Lenten season, and that is discovering how Jesus interacted with his disciples in his final hours. We're going to learn how his words and teachings helped them to enter deep into the heart of Jesus and come away changed. Our guest today is Kim Erickson. She is the author of a beautifully unique Bible study titled His Last Words, and we're going to be talking about John chapters 13 through 17, which record Jesus's last words to the disciples before his death, revealing what mattered most. Kim shares that when we study those words and prayers today, just like the disciples, we enter deep into the heart of Jesus and come away changed. Be prepared to be overwhelmed by the love of God, inspired to follow him, and empowered to spread the gospel. But first, a word from our sponsor. We still have our coupon code available for you guys if you wanted to do online counseling um, with Christian counselors. It's all online. It's via Zoom. You can pick who you want your counselor to be. Very reputable. They all have counseling degrees. So this isn't like some random on the internet. And my mom kind of has a personal testimony to it. Yes. Yeah, so I actually have done some counseling sessions with Faithful Counseling. And what I really loved about it was that you can actually put in like different qualities that you're looking for in a counselor in specialties, male, female, if they have experience tackling different issues. And so I really loved that idea that I could go through and kind of pick the one I wanted. And then um, during this COVID season, it was really applicable anyway, since I couldn't leave my house for counseling, that I actually could just do it online. And you even have the opportunity to do a Zoom type call with them, or you can just do um, a phone call, whatever works best for you. And so it was just really great to have access to counseling when you, when you need it, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So if you guys want 10% off your first month of doing this, you can go to getfaithful.com slash coffee and Bible time, and you get 10% off your first month. And of course it is cheaper than traditional in-person counseling anyway. So overall, it's just a good deal. We really recommend it, but let's just get on to the podcast. Oh, One other thing, too, is that you have the option of with your counselor that they are Christian counselors. And so if you want, they will actually pray for you, which I thought was so cool. At the end of each of my counseling, she prayed for me and my issues. Oh, wow. Thanks for that. Kim Erickson began following Christ after the death of her three-year-old son from strep throat in 2008. Her growing relationship with the Lord and her Bible saved her from the pit of grieving the loss of a child. 
During this time, she also developed a deep, abiding love for the Word of God. Kim's love of scripture led her to develop a website and teaching blog to help other women fall in love with the Word of God. Kim also contributed to the book Hope Lifter, Creative Ways to Spread Hope When Life Hurts. She is an attorney who practiced business litigation for 13 years before becoming a law professor. She earned her bachelor's degree in elementary education and has returned to her passion for teaching. Kim lives in Florida with her husband and son. Please welcome Kim. Oh, thank you so much for that lovely introduction. I'm so happy to be here with you guys today. Oh, what a joy, truly. And I just know what you're teaching in this study and you're just your own personal story is going to impact our listeners. So why don't you start out by just telling us, how did you come to be a believer after your son passed away from strep throat? Well, that is, that is quite a story. Um, and so there I was in April of 2008 and I was, uh, we were living in Phoenix and I was married to the love of my life. And we had these two beautiful boys, Austin, uh, had just turned three and Ethan was about 15 months, 18 months, uh, old at the time. And I was working in a law firm in downtown, downtown Phoenix And I really just thought that I had everything the world could offer. I had the job I wanted, the house I wanted, the car I wanted, my husband, my kids, the pool, like in the back, uh, drove a zippy little red convertible. (laughs) And I really just thought I had it all and I felt very blessed. Um, But I had no walk with the Lord. I did not have any life with God at all. In fact, um, you know, I got one morning, um, Austin woke up sick. Um, my husband took him to the pediatrician. He had strep throat. They diagnosed that, got antibiotics. The next night I took him to urgent care. Um, he still wasn't better the next day. My husband took him back to the pediatrician. He still wasn't better. And they really just kept telling us, you know, it's just strep throat. Don't panic. It's, you know, you got to give the medicine time to work. And I was still working, uh, lots of long hours. And, um, I went back to work on Friday morning and I got that call. Um, the one, no mom, no parent, uh, wants to get the babysitter is screaming ambulance, Austin, ambulance, Austin. And that, that was it. And, this, uh, I just, I dropped the phone and went to get in my car and getting in the car. Uh, my assistant jumped in with me. Thank goodness. I should not have been driving. So that was good. Mm-hmm. Um, but what you don't hear is that I prayed, like I didn't even pray. It didn't, it did not even occur to me to pray. And so that just tells you how far away from God I was. And I, I had grown up being taken to church and I did my first communion and my confirmation and, and, but I just really rejected it. I, I did those things because my family did those things. Mm-hmm. And as a grown up, I was like, I do not believe in any of this. You know, I just think this is a bunch of crazy stuff and I don't think I believe in it. And so I really was 
I tell people like, I really was doing this, you know, to God, like you just stay over there and I'll do my own thing. And so I get that call, you know, that, that call every mom, like that's the worst nightmare. And I, I didn't even think to pray. That's how far away from God I was that it didn't occur to me to pray. And that boy, that's tough to say these days because that has certainly changed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I get in the car, uh, my assistant is driving. I don't think to pray, but I, I have a 35 minute drive from our downtown Phoenix office to our home in the suburbs. And what I try to do is connect with Austin because I don't know what else to do. And so in my head, I just start screaming out to him, you know, can you hear me? Can you hear me, Austin? I'm coming. Austin, can you hear me? Austin, stay here. Can you hear me? You fight. I just kept saying, you know, you fight and you stay here and I'm coming and I'm almost there. And, and I'm just screaming this all in the inside of my my head and and in my heart and it something washed over me like a ton of bricks like a big giant wave just stopped me in my tracks from that crying out just stopped me and all of a sudden I felt fantastic I felt so light beautiful, something so beautiful had just kind of washed over me. And I heard Austin's voice as clear as the day is long say, but mom, it's so pretty here. Mm. And I felt so great. I, all I could do was say, okay. And then it was gone. And I was, you know, I didn't see anything. I didn't hear any audible voices. It was all inside of me. But I, and I know that that's such a weird story, right? But here's what I do know is I didn't know the Lord. I didn't know God. I think he knew I would not have recognized his voice. <laughs> I think he knew he had to to talk to me in an Austin voice, you know, I don't think I can talk to dead people. I promise. Um, it's never happened again. Um, but I think God had to get my attention because I was so far from him that boy, did he get my attention. And right then and there, I knew that heaven was real. Like whatever else I had heard (laughs) that I knew, like it was a place and my son was there. I, I know it with every fiber of my being. Um, And so that kind of began my journey. And so that was a Friday. And on Sunday, I told my whole family and everybody who had come to gather that we are going to church. And they looked at me like, what? (laughs) You don't go to church. Um, I'm the only one of my family, extended family, who doesn't go to church at the time. Um, but we did, we went to this little church near our home. Um, I had to find someone to plan a funeral. And so I knocked on their doors and they really responded to us. And I thought, well, we're, we're going to go to that church on Sunday. And I did. And just so many circumstances that led one thing to another. But on that very Sunday, I gave my life to the Lord. Um, the pastor ended, um, his, service with an invitation 
And, you know, that doesn't happen every week either, right? At, at this church, it doesn't happen every week, but I was there and I gave my life to the Lord on that Sunday, right after Austin died. And that, that is what led us <laughs> in a very long story to this, like, because I knew then that heaven was real, right? But I was still skeptical. I was still hard-hearted. I was still stubborn. I still had so many questions. But that's the beginning of my story, is knowing that heaven is real. And giving my life to the Lord, It. I just knew that that was true. All of a sudden, I knew that Jesus was true too. When I sat in that service on Sunday, I knew that that was actually the truth. And um, that day I became a believer and somebody gave me my first Bible. I didn't have a Bible. Uh, And that church just wrapped their arms around me and began discipling us and discipling me and just were so gentle with with me that um, I just became um, so hungry for my Bible. Like it really did save me. Uh, from grieving a child for real really good goodness I I can't even imagine what that must have been like but thank you for being so authentic with your story and it's just so heartfelt and in your book here there's just such a beautiful picture of you and your children and you you obviously went through this horrific time and must have been grieving just horribly Tell us about, you know, you've said that your Bible really saved you from the pit of grieving. For those out there that are grieving today, tell us, you know, how you use the Bible to help you through that. Yeah, surprisingly, it's actually, well, first, the the New Testament just does for me because you can really see the heart of God. You can see what Jesus teaches and and you can just you can really just feel his love. Uh, and that, that is the only thing that's going to heal that grief. God can heal that grief, but really no one and nothing else can fill that kind of hole uh, of a loss of a child. They really can't. And I just have to ask God to fill it every day. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the ways he does that is by seeing him in my Bible and learning about him because I still wanted to know, like, why did this have to happen to us? Like, we were good parents trying to do our best, right? Um, and so those why questions, like, why us? Why me? Why? Why? Um, that place of grief, there's no answer. But there are a lot of answers about God in your Bible, about his character. Is he trustworthy? Is he patient? Is he merciful? Is he gracious toward you? Does he love you? Yes, yes, yes. And and that is where you find those answers. Maybe not to your specific question about, you know, why this had to happen to me, but it is the answer to who is God? Who was Jesus on this earth and and the Holy Spirit as well? Like how does the Holy Spirit become my comfort? and my comforter. And so all that is is in your Bible. And to be honest with you, the Old Testament had a lot to do with it for me because a lot of bad stuff happened in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. And then when you look at how his people handled it and how God responded 
and how every time something hard happened, God came around to them and the people turned back to him. Mm -hmm. And so the Old Testament also has a piece of my heart um, for dealing with hard stuff. Yeah. Learn what theology is and how to study God within the Bible in course number seven of our In-Depth Bible Study Academy. In this academically built course, you will learn the tools to study God's character and nature within a Bible passage and how to grow closer to God relationally through Bible study. This course titled Theology, Knowing God Through In-Depth Bible Study is packed with teaching lessons, homework, quizzes, and a resource list for personal study. Head to our website, coffeeandbibletime.com, to learn more about the Academy and course number seven today. Use promo code CBT Podcast, that's CBT Podcast, to get 50% off this course right now at coffeeandbibletime.com. Do you have some specific go to verses? help you through difficult times? I do. I do. I love Psalm 34, 18, uh, which says the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. And I tell you what, and this is another way the Bible saved me from the pit of grief is when you're having a hard day, man, I would just like, like a toddler, <laughs> I would be like, you said, you are near to the brokenhearted and I can't feel you right now because my heart is broken. Or you said you would be save those who are crushed in spirit. And right now I am crushed and I need you to fix this, <laughs> you know, pick me up out of this. Um, and so that's another way that I think the Bible can pull you up out of the darkest places is because these are our promises from our heavenly father and he never ever breaks this promise and so um so that's one of my favorite verses for deep hearts um i love philippians 4 4 through 8 it's a verse tucked in there that we a lot of us know really well um which is don't be anxious for anything but pray right but that verse is actually sandwiched between other verses that I think can pull you out of hard places. And so it actually starts with Paul saying, rejoice, rejoice in the Lord. I will say it again, rejoice um, for the let your gentle spirit be known because the Lord is near. And then he says, do not be anxious for anything, uh, but with thanksgiving, so with gratitude, count those blessings, um, make your requests known to God. In other words, come right here, make your requests known to God, um, and the peace of God will guard your, that's beyond comprehension. We hear that a lot too, right? The peace of God that is beyond comprehension, right? Every mom always says, I don't know how. I, you can handle it, right? Losing a child would be unimaginable. And I usually say it is, it is unimaginable, but I have the Lord and he gives us a peace that is beyond our understanding. And, and that happens when we pray. 
And then the next part of that says, after that piece, it says, who will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. And boy, when you're in a dark place, a lot of times it's your mind that needs guarding. (laughs) Your heart needs healing, but more so oftentimes is that replay of the incidents or the replay of the shame or the replay of the guilt. And it's your mind that is running away. Um, And so that scripture tells us when we pray that he will guard our hearts and our minds. Um, But then he shifts one more verse and he tells us how to do it. And he says, um, whatever is lovely, whatever is noble, think on these things. There's like a list of eight things and whatever is trustworthy, whatever is beautiful, like think on these things. And I think that's another key. So if we start out by rejoicing in the Lord, we count our blessings, we say our prayers, the peace comes. And then we got to shift and we got to start thinking about the things that are beautiful about God, the beautiful about our lives, things that are trustworthy. He is trustworthy, that kind of thing. So that's another verse that um, another passage that I really love. Uh, And I'll give you one last one because this one I'm kind of camped on right now. (laughs) I'm writing a new study about the book of Isaiah Mm -hmm. and Isaiah 43 is just precious to me. And we you do hear people quoted a lot because it's the place where he says, you are mine, um, that he will rescue us and that you are mine. But a couple of verses down, it also says, for you are precious and honored in my sight, in God's sight. You are precious and honored in my sight. And I love you. It says it right there in black and white, every single translation of the Bible, everyone I've checked <laughs> says, I love you. And I thought, oh my goodness, boy, do women need to hear that. Yes. Creator of the universe just said it in black and white for all time. Uh, you are precious and honored in my sight. and I love you. Oh, doesn't get any better than that. <laughs> yes. Oh, Kim, yeah. those are all fabulous verses. And we will definitely put them in our show notes below. For those of you that are listening, so you can easily click on them and read them. Hey, this is Mentor Mama, and I have an incredibly practical tip for all our listeners. With over 130 orders I've already placed on Instacart, I can't tell you enough how much I absolutely love Instacart. If you hate going grocery shopping or always end up coming home with way more items than were on your list, which of course blows your budget, then Instacart is for you. I actually save both time and money using Instacart. I save time shopping because the app keeps track of all my regular purchases, making each subsequent order super fast to enter on my app. I also save time by avoiding checkout lines and driving to and from the store. In addition to saving time, I have saved so much money because I don't get seduced by every new flavor or product on the shelf. My grocery bills have been considerably less. So, if you want to make shopping easy, get delivery via Instacart in as fast as one hour and get your first delivery free, click the link in our description and start today.
But your testimony is just so powerful because in an unimaginable difficult situation, it demonstrates the power of God's word and how it can give you some amazing peace that surpasses all understanding. And we just can't understand it. We can't explain it. But it is your testimony that it, it happens. <laughs> that, that it happens. Well, it happens. Um, you've shared those verses. Now let's shift gears a little bit and talk about your Bible study here on John chapters 13 through 17. Tell us, like, out of all the books in the Bible, why did you choose John and specifically these chapters? Oh, my gosh. This is, a, this is another great story, I have to tell you. So I felt, you know, I am a teacher first, you know, even before I went to law school, I, I was a teacher. And um, as I was getting this hunger for the word and this church is discipling me, they're pulling me into women's Bible studies and I am loving it. Um, I really felt the Lord kind of knocking on my heart going, yep, you're, you're going to do that. And I was like, what? I haven't even read the whole thing. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> I need to read the whole thing first. Um, so very early on, I felt that knocking. And I, I say that to encourage other folks out there. You do not need to be an expert on the Bible. You do not need to go to seminary to understand it. Like the Lord will help you understand it. And if you feel him knocking on your heart to do something that seems outside of your ability, like just keep praying about it because he really might want you to do it. <laughs> so I really felt him going, you know, you're going to teach, you're going to teach my word. And I was like, this is crazy. So for a long time, a couple of years, probably <laughs> I was like, that's crazy. Um, but he wouldn't go away. He just kept knocking. And I was like, oh my goodness. Okay. So then what of the Bible am I? Okay, Lord, I don't know what you're doing, but all right, I still hear you. So let's, you know, obey and listen to him and say, all right, what? And then I kept hearing in my prayer time, John, John, John. And I was like, again, like, no, <laughs> like, it's the gospel of John. Like, it's too much. Like, can I have a little book like Ruth or, or <laughs> Esther or, you know, like Jude? How about Jude? <laughs> yeah. You need to say Jude. Because I think you said John, but I think you meant to say Jude. And nope, John, it kept coming and coming and coming. Okay, Lord, John it is. But then you can't write a study on the whole, like, what about John, right? He kept bringing me back to chapters 13 through 17 over and over again. And then finally, it hits me. This is their moment. Okay, so um, if we back up just a little bit in my story, I lost my brother, Jeff, uh, my nearest sibling uh, to me in age, uh, in a car accident. And I can remember, I can still picture him this day, the last moment I saw him. He had his Ohio State jersey on. He was heading back to college. He was standing in that door. He said something silly to me. Like, I remember it, right? And I can remember every tiny little detail about Austin. I know what jammies he wore. He had airplane sheets on his bed. I know what stuffy he picked out, what book we read, what we said to each other. I mean, those last words are so precious. And it just hit me one day. I'm like, 
oh, 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 this is their last moment. The disciples would have, this is the dinner that they would have remembered because they didn't really get to talk to him again. Yes, they spoke to him on the resurrected Jesus, but before the tragedy, like this is what they would have remembered. They probably can still smell the room. They probably know what sandals they wore, right? What's what robes they had on. They they would have remembered every detail of that last moment. As soon as Jesus was brought to the cross, that night was cemented in their mind, just like it is when you lose somebody you love. You remember your last conversation with them. It's just something about us right? Maybe God tucked that into us, right? (gasps) Knowing it would help us learn. And anyway, so Jesus, of course, knew he was going, right? What I would give to have conversations over again with my brother and my son. And, but Jesus did know, he did know that this was it. And I think he knew they were going to remember every single detail about this last dinner. And, um, and so then I became like, oh my goodness, what did he choose to say? Like, if he knows this is the last time I'm going to get to talk to these men Mm -hmm. before I send them out to literally give their lives, like these people, these men are going to die for me, for this, for these words. Mm -hmm. Um, but I need them to be fired up, right? I need them to be committed. And so then I just became like, oh my goodness, what did he say? And so then I started to study with that idea in my head, like we should know these. As believers, we should feel the same way about Jesus' last conversation. And so then I became like, oh, what if I could show women how beautiful the words he chose and the things he chose to say to us and his disciples because he's really saying it to us on his last chance. It's so beautiful. Like it, it just knocks me off, knocks my socks off still to this day. When I read these chapters, I, I can't believe um, how beautiful it is and how simple it is. Yeah. So that's why John 13 through 17, because it's based on loss. It's based on, yeah. yeah. That's why I had to write these chapters. <laughs> oh, and I just can see how, God used those two very difficult situations in your life, though, to prepare you to be able to to write this Bible study and and to feel so close towards the last words, like you have firsthand experience with what that is like. And you it's have me. really brought Jesus' last words to life in this story. Well, tell us... Um, how does the study of these chapters still impacting your life today? Oh my goodness. It just, it never fails. You know, his word never fails to change. I mean, that's still surprising. It's a miracle to me that every time you pick it up, I learn something new. And in fact, I'm working through John right now. I started over in Genesis this year. Um, And so I am, well, like in the fall, not January. <laughs> mm-hmm. I did not read all the You're Old Testament last few weeks. <laughs> in the fall, I started over again in Genesis. And so now I'm just, uh, I'm in John right now and I'm taking notes and um, 
you know, it just is striking me how um, intimately John is with Jesus. You know, it John's voice, I think, is just so clear about what was important to Jesus. Um, and I always think that's something we got to come back to is what is important to God because we have so many things pulling our attention, right? I mean, we have done everything on the news. We have the pandemic. We have the Ukraine. We have so many things going on in addition to being wives and mothers and and daughters, right? You know, caring for our elderly parents. Like there are a million things, good things that have our attention, but only one thing is necessary. Mm-hmm. And and it's him. It's the Lord. It's God. It's our word. And it that's the only thing that's necessary as much as we have on our plates. Um, and so it's still, he's still teaching me that. Like slow down, Kim. You might you might guess that I have a hard time slowing down. <laughs> I go really fast. Slow down and just be with me and listen, you know, from my heart. And so that's one thing you'll do in the study is it's line by line and verse by verse so that we slow down. Mm-hmm. And then as you go through each verse, I want you to think about, and there's a little place to write it, what does that line, that verse what the words Jesus spoke, what does that tell you about him? What does it tell you about God? Because that's the whole point to me of our Bible mm-hmm. <laughs> is it is meant to help us understand him, help us see him, help us know him. And so obviously I talk a little bit in the Bible study and I write out some questions and some things for you to work through. But the heart of this study is really you sitting at the feet of Jesus and listening to his words for what is important to him. Where is his heart? What is, you know, what is on his mind as he knows that he's about to go to the cross and, and write that out. You know, what do you see about God? What did you just learn about Jesus, um, about his character and his heart? So that's the bulk of the study. Um, and it's in like a chart form in there. So I always tease the ladies. uh, If you've gone through the study, you know, I'll, I'll tease you guys and be like, come on, you can do it. Fill out the chart. (laughs) Yes. Don't give up. Yes. And honestly, I love how you have that laid out verse by verse, because I think, as you mentioned, with our busy schedules, we don't always take the time to do that. Or, Or we do read it verse by verse, but we've gone over it so quickly that we haven't taken the time to absorb it and meditate it on and think about it. Um, yeah, I really do love how you've done that. Well, as you were studying the Gospel of John, um, did you ever uncover anything unexpected? Mm. So it was unexpected for me. Um, and that it has a lot to do with really the way that I perceived Jesus and God and the whole idea of the forgiveness of sins is that what was surprising to me was how simple it is. And the forgiveness of sins is is based only on Jesus and the atoning work that he did. And so it had more to do with surprising me in the simplicity because I grew up with a lot of rules um, and, and things you were supposed to do and things you were 
things you were supposed to do and things that you had to do. And when I read the Gospel of John, and and that is also where that beautiful church um, who rescued us right after we lost Austin, that is where they told me to start, was in the Gospel of John. Mm -hmm. And so it also holds my heart for that reason as well. But what surprised me then, and then when I really studied it, like really dug in and said, okay, what was he really saying um, in those last hours? It's really so simple. It's just stay with me. Stay with me. And, you know, all these beautiful things will happen. The Father loves you. The Holy Spirit will come. You will have peace. Have joy. I have overcome um, this great gap, right? That is between us and God and sin and and that. So what was surprising to me was, and remains not really surprising, but beautiful, um, is how simple it is. But it, that, that goes back to the Old Testament too, right? It has to go back to the atoning work. Like there has to be um, lifeblood, for the for the the wages of sin is death, right? That's how they say it in the New Testament, yes. right? But God said it, so He's going to do it, right? And so when sin entered the world, God said, like, what is required is lifeblood for sin, like because there is sin in the world, lifeblood is going to be required. And I just didn't ever make the connection mm-hmm. between the atoning works the atoning work of Christ, like how he took my penalty um, and how that really worked. And, but yet how simple it is, like Jesus already did it. It's already done. (laughs) So that's always beautiful and surprising. Yes. And if I'm honest too, like that was something that really tripped me up early on in understanding, like accepting that Jesus was an important part of the salvation story. Like I kind of believe there was a God, but until I understood that Old Testament understanding that God is holy and perfect and sin is what separates us from his holy perfection. And in order to come into a right relationship with Christ, we need to be washed away of our sins in Jesus is who came to do that permanently. And I, I think people get tripped up on this. Yeah. I, I have too many sins. How can all of these be forgiven? Or I'm still feeling so bad about, you know, maybe the cause and effect of sin that I've done, or there's so many things that can trip people up. And like yeah. you said, it's that simple. It's like it's so giving simple. it over to Jesus and asking for forgiveness. It's Yep. what makes it so beautiful yeah and i i love how um it, i love this one devotional called you, you probably know it but um my utmost for yes. his highest yes by oswald chambers right mm-hmm. and i i remember when it stopped me in my tracks um and it said beware of explaining the gospel through love because your sins are not forgiven because of love your sins are forgiven because of the atoning blood of Jesus Christ. And I was like, of course my sins are forgiven because of love. But you know what? That's what was tripping me up when I was giving God the like back up. Because if he loves me so much, he's not going to let me go to hell. Like I'm a pretty good person. Like I'm not out there doing anything bad. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I was tripping up over, come on, you can't tell me that Jesus is the only way 
to heaven. I mean, God is not going to let all these people go to hell because he's a loving God. And, and so I was minimizing the sin and not understanding that everyone has sin, like the tiniest thought in that's it. Um, you, you can't be next to God. You can't be with God because everybody sins. There's no way around it. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't understand the need for a savior. I was in a place where I was like, I'm a pretty good person. (laughs) Right, right. I didn't understand it. I didn't understand because people were always talking about it in terms of a loving God and how gracious and good and compassionate God is. I was like, well, and I should be okay. (laughs) I didn't understand uh, the atonement. You know, so I would either go between that or all these rules, like either God's gracious and loving father and he's not going to let me go to hell to, oh my goodness, there are so many rules. Like there is no way I'm making it. So I, yeah, either way, I, <laughs> I can't figure this out. And then when I read the gospel of John and I was like, oh, that's because neither one of those are true, right? Like neither mm-hmm. place is true. And what really is true is that God says it, he's going to do it. And he said lifeblood would be required for our sin. And then Jesus did it. And that's why Jesus also had to die on the cross. I was like, well, why doesn't he just beam us up? You know, why doesn't he just come down here and fix it? You know, I didn't understand why Jesus had to die on the cross because lifeblood is required. So anyways, it was... uh, it was a big moment. <laughs> yes, yes. And hopefully for some of our listeners too, I think that just even this part of the discussion, I think will be tremendously helpful if, if you're listening and you're struggling with um, what it all means. I think what Kim just said, it, it's, it gets back to the simple of confessing your sins. We've sinned against God in thought, word, and deed. And, but he's waiting wanting to forgive us. Yeah. Kim, what part of his last words was the most difficult for you to write? Probably weaving in my story, believe it or not. I'm much better at it now than I was when I wrote this, but writing about our story and the grief and trying to trying to bring in those personal illustrations was really hard to write about in there. Um, and also I would say writing about the Holy spirit, because that's a big piece of this, um, in chapters 14, 15, and 16, Jesus going on and on and on about the Holy spirit. And I didn't want people like, I could just picture what I like to call pre-believers kind of being like, this is so weird, you know, like some Holy Spirit's going to indwell you like, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and, and just wanting to handle that correctly and accurately according to the word of God. And also in a way that people could understand that it's not some weird thing, but this amazing miracle that we actually have part of God with us at all times. And that is so amazing. And so anyway, that was probably the most, one of the most difficult parts to write um, with clarity about the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Because it's a miracle and it's crazy. I, now I teach it like we're like Wonder Woman when she crosses her arms, you know, like that's the Holy Spirit. Like, oh yes. 
boom, you know, like we have like that much uh, available to us. And I don't think we know the half of it, Mm -hmm. um, the power of that, that we have. I would agree. I think the Holy Spirit is probably maybe the least known, the least understood part of the Trinity. And so I, I think it's awesome that your book includes chapters, you know, that covered that to help people understand. Yeah. It's here and we are so excited. Our new Patreon online community is finally open and you're invited to join us. Your support is so appreciated and important. In fact, it's what allows us at Coffee and Bible Time to continue on with our ministry. We thank you in advance for your support. Kim, after, you know, you lost your child to strep throat, how do you manage to parent your other son without being just overwhelmed by fear and anxiety? And and how would you encourage other parents who are struggling with fear and anxiety? Yeah. And that boy is tough. I'm telling you what, I would, I would probably say first things first, this is a little cliche, but I would say turn off the news, man, you got to turn off the news. Um, But realistically, that's a small thing. And that's, you know, probably down at like 100 on the list. Uh, But how do you, how do I parent Ethan after Austin? And then he's coming up behind him, right? So now he's two and oh my gosh, he turned three. And every time he sniffled or got a fever, we're like, ugh. I used to tell people like, if your child can die from strep throat, like they really, in the United States of America in 2008, like your child can die from anything. And so instead of becoming like anxiety ridden about it, because my relationship with God developed at the same time that I learned who God is. And I had to just come to a place where I say, I trust him. I trust him with Ethan. And guess what? I had to come to the place where I had to say, Austin wasn't mine. I got to have him for a little while, but he wasn't mine. And Ethan's not mine. My husband's not mine. My parents aren't mine. Like their lives belong to God. And we're to be good stewards, but I'm not in control. And if God wants Ethan to go, guess what? He's going to go. And I don't even make him wear a bike helmet. I know it's the law. I should, (laughs) but I don't, I don't, he rides on the sidewalk. It's not like he's mountain biking. And I, people do ask me like, how do you let, you know, Ethan does, you know, he likes to ski. He likes to do, you know, Taekwondo and get kicked in the head. And I, I just let him because I trust God that if, if, Ethan is supposed to go, then God has a reason. And the base of that reason is good. So people say that verse a lot. And if anybody's grieving, you you know you hate this verse that says, God works everything together for our good. And I always want to point out, it doesn't actually say our good. <laughs> it says the good of the kingdom or for his good. Um, and so God will be doing something good with whatever we walk through. Now, it doesn't mean that it feels good to us. And my favorite place for this about how did I release Ethan 
into that care is Jesus in the garden. And you'll, you'll hit it here. Um, it's not actually in the gospel of John. Um, it, Jesus is praying in the garden, but this, this little piece is in all the other gospels, but not John, which is fascinating. Um, but it's that moment when Jesus says to the father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me, right? Mm -hmm. He does not, if there's another way, Lord, like I do not want to go to the cross. And that's essentially what Jesus is saying. If there's another way, I don't really want to do this. (laughs) But, and then he turns it, right? He says, but not my will, you know, but yours. And so he, he has that complete submission to the father. I don't want to do it, but I will, if that is what you want me to do. And that's how we release our loved ones because it's not our will. It's not our choice. It has to be what the father wants. And he's still in control. He is still in charge. And I have to sit in that place and say, it's what he wants and not what I want. And I have to be okay with that. But guess what? I don't have to like it. And I do always say that to people like, listen, I don't have to like it. I grieve every single day. If you have a mom who's lost a child, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I grieve at least once a day, somewhere, somehow. I grieve every day, but I don't have to like that, right? And sometimes I'm mad at God about it. <laughs> sometimes we got to talk about it and I get those emotions out, but I, ha- I know that he is good and that he will use it for good. Uh, it doesn't have to sound or feel good to me. And so that's how I let go of Ethan and not be so crazy, anxious about stuff because I just have to trust that whatever happens to me or my family is in his hands and he'll do something with it, something good with it. Yeah. Well, and if you're listening to this today and you find yourself um, challenged with how do I get over fear and anxiety, I just want to encourage people to do exactly what Kim said. It's okay to lament that's what the Psalms are. Read through the Psalms and you'll yes. find that it's okay to bring your, your emotions and your feelings to God. Uh, and ultimately um, believing that God has a bigger plan that we don't always see this side of heaven, but we trust, right? We trust. And I love this verse from Timothy. Um, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and sound mind. Yeah. And we can always use God's word to encourage us. Well, Kim, uh, as we kind of wrap things up here, how do you hope your book, His Last Words, will impact the women who take on this study? Oh, I hope uh, that they come into a place where they know, really know more fully that they are loved. They are loved by God. And that actually is one of the more common uh, emails that I get from women who do this study is like, I have never felt so loved. 
And I'm always like, yes, <laughs> that's it. Um, or uh, I've never really understood the Holy Spirit in that way, like to feel like I can really call on the Holy Spirit. So hey, either one of those two would just have huge impacts on your whole life, right? Like my, your whole personality um, can can mold and change when you know that you know that you know that the creator of the universe loves you with an everlasting love and that he sent you a helper who's right here with you um, to handle whatever comes your way. Like, oh, what could we do with this life if we really did it, <laughs> really knew that, right? Oh, it would be great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how could people find out more information about you in your book? Sure. Um, it is kimaerickson.com. So um, it has to be, it has to have an A in there. So Kim and then A and then Erickson is E-R-I-C-K-S-O-N.com. And um, the books, of course, are on Amazon or Moody Publishers. You can find those there, but I have links on the website. I also have a couple of things um, that are helpful to the grieving on the website. So there's a set of what I call safe, safe scriptures, because what I don't want to do is for people who are trying to help say certain scriptures. And it makes me want to cringe like, oh, don't don't say that to her now. <laughs> let her let her find that one, you know, like pick some pick some scriptures that stay away from God's plans and, and, and things that work for our good and that kind of thing is too soon. Uh, let her come to that conclusion. So I have a, a list of like safe scriptures that I think are great to pray over the grieving, to put on a card to the grieving. I have a playlist. Um, if you're in a tough spot in a dark place, um, here's some songs that really lifted my heart um, out of those dark places. So you can just poke around there and maybe find a, a few other things. Um, I don't want to leave you because I feel like there might be women out there thinking about grief and grieving since that is my story, even though we're focused on Lent and getting ready for Easter with his last words. Um, I also have surviving sorrow, um, and surviving sorrow is for moms who've lost children. And in here are a lot of ideas, like practical ideas. Like if you need to get the mad out, go to Goodwill and buy some dishes and find a safe place and smash them. <laughs> like, and what do you do with their clothes? Some ideas about that. What do you do over the holidays? Um, how do you get through the grocery store? What do you say when um, somebody asks you how many kids do you have? Like those are, there's some hard, hard practical things. Uh, that moms have to deal with. And so those are in here as well as how do you turn towards a God who just let this happen to you mm -hmm. and your child? What do you do with all those emotions and your relationship mm -hmm. with God? And so there's like survivor steps and then there's some spiritual steps. Like this is how you start turning back towards God um, if you have to deal with losing a child. So surviving sorrow is um it's there too and i wish i didn't have it i wish no one needed it but there he is it's there too so excellent we will put that 
book as well in our show notes and we'll, we'll put Kim's website on there. You'll be yeah. able to find everything and click on and it. And there's Facebook easily. and Instagram and all that too. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, before we go, I want to ask you about some of your favorite Bible study tools. So what Bible do you use and what translation is it? Mm, I use uh essentially K. Arthur's study Bible. It's called the New Inductive Study Bible. Um, so that is my, uh, it is torn and tattered. And somebody said to me the other day, you're going to need a new Bible soon. And I was like, no, no. <laughs> I love it so much. Um, so that's, it's the Inductive Study Bible, which is great. Um, and it is the NASB version. Um, yeah, that is, um, those were pastor recommendations. Uh, when I first became a new believer um, and they learned, I kind of had a heart to study. And if anybody knows Kay Arthur stuff, oh, you yes. have to love to study. Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> you got to dig in. And so that's really, uh, you know, fits me. Um, and then the NASB was what our, my first pastor taught out of. And that's where I'm most comfortable. Awesome. Okay. Do you have any favorite journaling supplies that you like to use to enhance your Bible study experience? So I love what you guys have on your website. I was like, those are so cute. I am not a journaler. So I write all over my Bible. Like that's why I'm going to need a new Bible soon because I don't have any margins left and I have stuff <laughs> sticking out of there. And then I have pieces of paper folded up with more notes in there. And so my Bible is like this hot mess. I wish I journaled because I should, <laughs> but every time I've tried, I, I never do it. I like forget it or something. I don't know. I just can't journal like that. I don't know. Maybe I need, I don't know what I need, like do, sticky notes or something. <laughs> yes, I do. I have a lot of sticky notes in my Bible. What about um, colored pencils? Do you use that with the K. Arthur? I know she uses those in her studies. Does she also recommend those for the Bible itself? Well, yeah. So she does in her, the same method that she recommends in her studies. She, you know, walks you through um, and she kind of has it at the beginning of each chapter, which is kind of cool. Like, you know, mark all the time with like the clock in this specifically in these chapters, it will be important. So she even points you like, keep an eye out for this kind of thing. Um, but I don't actually do all of that either. So, and colors kind of mess me up. So mine are all pencil. <laughs> the change in color to me makes me, um, I have zero artistic ability, <laughs> zero, none. And so my people who know me who are more artistic and creative would be like, oh no, she, I am a black and white words on a page, words on a line. I don't doodle. I do everything in straight lines. My, my son teases me that I even doodle in straight lines. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, really that is so cool though, because I think a lot of people might think, okay, Arthur, I'm going to have to use all my colored pencils and it might make me crazy. But yeah. that's really encouraging to hear. So yeah. it could be for either type of person. Okay, yeah. how about your favorite app or website for Bible study tools? So on my phone, I have the NASB Bible. And I don't know, I was trying to look uh, to see what Bible app it is. It might be version, but it just says NASB. Oh. And it's like on a picture of a little brown Bible. 
Okay. I like it better than my U version stuff because it's quicker. Like the table of contents is just right there. And then when you click on Luke, like all the chapters come up. And then when you click on that, it it's so much faster. So it's just the NASB. It looks like a little brown Bible. I, okay. I don't know what app it is. <laughs> we'll and other people have asked it. me, like, where did you find that? I'm like, I don't know. Ah, I don't know, but I love right? it. Oh, um, and then I do love version. So I still, I do use version. Um uh, most days for the verse of the day. And then if I have time, sometimes I'll watch their little um, first video uh, that pops up. So I do like the version Bible app. Um, and there is um, a grieving parents reading plan in there by me. It's called Surviving Sorrow. Um, and so there is a five-day reading plan in there for grieving parents. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, yeah. So that's there. I do love version. What's your favorite? I'm curious. <laughs> yeah, what's your? I'm going to turn it around and like, what's your favorite app? Do you have an app on your phone? Um, well, for apps, actually, I do have the the U version is my go to right on the front cover of yeah. of my phone. And for the computer, I really like BlueLetterBible.org. So yeah. it's got a lot of good good tools in there. Well, I'm going to have to check that out because yeah. I go to Bible Gateway. I go to Bible Gateway on my computer. Oh, yes. so like when I'm researching stuff or when I'm like studying my Bible, digging in just a little bit, I go to Bible Gateway and say, hmm, I wonder how many times the Lord talks about your heart. And so I'll just put heart in and actually it's 725 times. Oh, wow. The Lord is talking about your heart in the Bible. Oh. That's 725 times. Anyways, so I love Bible Gateway for that because you can do keyword searches. So you could just do mercy or you could do heaven. I've done that one before too. And be like, where's my little man? I need to just read some verses about Austin today. And then we just need to read some verses about heaven. So I use Bible Gateway for that. Oh, that's awesome. You know what? I'm so glad you mentioned that because actually we just this past week, we just came out with a new free resource on our website, coffeeandbibletime.com. You just go right to our website. It'll pop up and it provides links to many, many different um, excellent online Bible study tools. Um, we have, our church has a lot of connections to professors at Trinity and nice. Booty. And so we have some favorites from them as well. And so you yep. can check out that free resource. But Kim, thank you so much for being here today. You're sharing, welcome. Sharing your heartfelt story and just how your Bible study is helping others to experience the power of Christ's intimate and final hours with his disciples. And for our listeners, I just want to encourage you to pick up a copy of Kim's study called His Last Words. You're going to find all of the information we talked about today in our show notes. You can also head over to our blog if you would like to share comments with us on this podcast. And lastly, visit the Coffee and Bible Time website for our prayer journals that will help guide and document your prayer life at coffeeandbibletime.com. Thank you for joining us today on our podcast. We love you all and have a blessed day.